he said it because of his wet blanket energy. <laughs> unhinged. Hello and welcome to She's All Batch. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jackie. And we don't care if you're here for the right reasons, we're just happy you're here. So please come join us as we talk shit about our favorite show. Is there anything cool, fun live events that might be happening in the next week or two, Stephanie? Um, Yeah, so last call, guys. By this time next week, we will be doing FOTSFest live. So this is your last chance to get tickets. It's going to be so fun. Honestly, I feel like if you guys are in the area or able to come to the New York area and you don't come, you're going to regret it. I really think so. Yeah. And like we said, you don't want to live a life of regret. So you need to get on top of this. I've gotten so many DMs from you guys like, oh, my friend and I got tickets. We're so excited to do something fun and different after work. It's Mm -hmm. a lot better than just going home and watching Netflix. I mean, or just going to like the same happy hour spot that you go to literally every single Thursday. Like, come Mm -hmm. to this one. (laughs) It'll be way more fun, I promise. We have like really cool giveaways too. Attitude is giving away a really awesome prize pack at our event and it includes a throw blanket a robe a slip dress and a towel set that's so many things i want that hopefully i win that one i don't think we're allowed to but mm, well we'll see maybe we'll maybe we'll rig it you'll also have an opportunity to win something from maddie pruitt's cup she line she just released like a bathing suit line with cup she and one lucky attendee of FOTSFest will get the opportunity to win something from her line so that's really exciting there's merch bundles there's refreshments there's surprises Fun. Fun what? You need to finish your sentence. (laughs) Fun times all around. So yeah, just check out the ticket link, guys. Um, The link will be in the episode description. It's going to be a fun time. I don't think you want to miss out. Big step up from the first FOTS Fest, even though the first FOTS Fest was amazing too. So we look forward to seeing you guys get your tickets before it's too late. And we'll see you at FOTS Fest 2.0, April 13th in New York City. Woo! All right, guys, let's creep. Okay, so this is a big story that actually broke last week, but I think we need to just talk about it and shed some light on it. So Mike Fleiss is leaving the franchise, and Mike Fleiss is the creator of The Bachelor. He's the guy that tweets a lot about the most dramatic finale ever is going to happen tonight, and then it's never, ever dramatic. Or a huge announcement coming soon. Mm. I feel like he loves to announce that there's going to be an announcement. And then the announcement is nothing. Well, I was surprised that the announcement of him stepping away from the franchise wasn't done via Twitter. Missed opportunity. Okay, if there was going to be a huge announcement, like, that is a huge announcement to lean into, my dude. But, okay, whatever. We just covered a few weeks ago that he did, like, a huge announcement and that it was that he was thinking about doing a podcast. Wasn't that a story? (laughs) He was thinking about maybe potentially falling into the podcast line of work. And then (laughs) the next day he said... I'm not doing that anymore, or something along those lines. So in one day, he realized that was a bad idea. Yeah. So what do we think this means for the franchise? I hope it's going to be a good step forward. I mean, I don't know all the details into Mike Fleiss's past, but I don't think he has been the most stand-up guy. I think there's been rumors of scandals and him just saying terrible things, acting (laughs) terribly. So hopefully... This means, I I really do think after this finale with Zach's season, they're realizing that like things need to be different about this show if they really want to keep up with the times. And I do think removing him could be the first step because I do feel like, I don't know this for a fact, but I feel like he was kind of keeping things in more of an old school 
mindset. And now they can like kind of do things fresh because he was like, no, I created this. This is how it's always been. This is how we're always going to do it. And clearly that's not working right now. I feel like that is pretty much fact, though. I mean, there's a Variety article that said that there was an investigation into allegations of racial discrimination and that behind the scenes, he would say really disgusting things like minorities don't get ratings and basically bash producers if they were in favor of Mm -hmm. pushing forward minorities on the show. Like, he was about his old school formula and didn't want to, like, stray from that. And I think him being gone can only be a positive thing. Totally. So I hope it's good. There are former um, alumni that have spoken out about it, too, and apparently everyone is on the same page. Juan Pablo Mm -hmm. said, uh, I knew from day one it was a matter of time. Chris Harrison's mouth got him first, but Mike was the mastermind behind everything, including racism, bullying, and creating a disrespectful working environment. Now the show will have true love stories, respecting beliefs, and each other's culture. Express love. Whoa, Juan Pablo said that? Yeah. That's, like, very poignant and nice coming from like I just can't picture Juan Pablo saying those words but I think that's very insightful beautiful yeah yeah so it doesn't seem like people are shocked people seem to be on board with the fact that this could be a good pivot in the right direction which I'm here for wait didn't Chris Harrison put on his podcast like he's been I think he's been covering it for a few episodes on his podcast I haven't listened to it but in the description it was like Mike Fleiss is leaving blah 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 and what does this mean for Chris Harrison and it's like I think it means nothing nothing for Chris Harrison, but you get those downloads, babe. I don't know what to tell you. I know. I know. And like, I'm kind of confused segueing to Chris Harrison real quick, his (laughs) podcast. I thought his show was supposed to be about relationships and he was going to be giving kind of relationship advice. And now he kind of just covers news and talks a lot about The Bachelor. I feel like I think he's realizing that's maybe only what people people want. want to hear about from him, especially if when it comes to like. Mike, I don't believe that he's probably said anything really revealing or tea behind the scenes stuff because he has this ironclad NDA, but I'm sure people like the potential that he could say something like that. So he's like teasing it by going into all this fly stuff. Yeah. But they have, ABC has appointed three new people to be the executive producers and the showrunners. So there are new people that have worked on the show, but mm-hmm. now they're promoted that are filling Mike Fleiss's shoes. So. I guess we'll see. I mean, this charity season will be the first time that Mike will not be a part of it. So So we'll see. Truth in time tells all. So I guess we'll see. Hire us. I have so many good ideas of how the show could be better. And I mean, we have a better chance of being hired now because Mike Fleiss isn't there. Okay, so so one person is out of the way for us to move on up the totem pole. Okay, well, moving on. Bachelor Live was officially canceled. And I know this affects you directly because Jackie was a attendee of Bachelor Live back in like 2021, 22? Yeah, one of those. (laughs) So apparently ticket sales were so low that they were forced to cancel, which like shocked to literally no one. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, I guess kind of like going off of like Mike Fleiss no longer being with the franchise. Can we maybe reflect on things that people actually want? Because Bachelor Live was not what people wanted. And I'm glad that they're finally seeing this and recognizing this. Yeah, I don't know who was sitting in a room and was, especially after Bachelor Live had its whole tour around the country. Because when it first started, before the pandemic, it was actually a good idea because it was like an actual live dating show. Then the pandemic happens. And then they revamp it in this way. And I've given my full review of how this new Bachelor Live show was. But it still did kind of well because all the people that went to that show bought tickets before the pandemic, before the show had changed. Like, I had gotten tickets for that 
back in like 2019, 2020, then the pandemic happened and it got rescheduled a million times. So then two years later, we're like, oh, okay, I guess we should go to Bachelor Live on stage. We got tickets for this, not knowing how different it was. So now that everyone knows and everyone has said, wait, this makes no sense. Who's going to go get tickets for it now? Now that people have like seen what it is and it's not the same type of dating show. It makes no sense. It's literally like silly games. There's literally no strategy behind what they're doing whatsoever. Sydney's doing lyrical dances, beautiful dancing, but like why? Literally why? (laughs) Uh, By the way, the literally why shirt is now officially live. Go to our merch shop. So basically a reporter has spoken out about specifically why the show was canceled. And like I said, it was lack of ticket sales, but this is how low it was. The amount of ticket sales ranged from seven to 12%, which is 84 to 135 tickets out of over a thousand possible sales. That's crazy. I mean, and, and the real reason is because the show's bad. Like, no one's going to buy tickets. To, I I don't know what they thought. It also was a very random location, wasn't it, in Scottsdale, Arizona? Like, if you're going to have a hub yeah. to attract, like, the most people possible, maybe pick, like, a bigger city, <laughs> do New York, do L.A. or something. I think they yeah. thought it was, like, maybe, like, Bachelorette trips would go to see it because isn't Scottsdale a big like bachelorette party destination but like what a freaking buzzkill yeah it's your bachelorette party and you go to the bachelor live and they're making you sing titanic like why and literally that poor girl who got like a leaf blower in her face on the titanic did not yeah guys if you don't know what we're referring to you got to go back like literally Months. A year ago. When, yeah. when was that episode? Um, when did I go see it? It was before, I remember it was before my friend's wedding, which was in May. It, I feel like it was spring 2022. Okay. Talk about not evolving with the time. So the fact that Becca Kufrin still hosted it kind of confused me. I don't feel like she's necessarily someone that people resonate with in the franchise. Mm-hmm. And looking up, she was the Bachelorette in 2018. It's 2023. Like, why haven't, why isn't like, Tasha or someone more current hosting because they couldn't afford Tasha. They couldn't afford Probably. Gabby Wendy. Honestly, I feel like Becca Kufrin's a perfect sweet spot of like someone they could get to do something like this. But I agree. I don't think she has the most like strong stage presence. Whereas like a Gabby Wendy, I feel like would shine on stage, yeah. and I would actually be excited to see Gabby. So right. Well, I guess it doesn't even matter because the show is not happening, and I hope <laughs> they just like. I don't know. Focus on what you're good at. Like, make a good paradise show. Mix, bring back some people we actually want to see, not just like the past seasons. Yeah, people. Totally. You know, I think this is all good though. Like, these are big changes. Mike Fleiss leaving, the show being canceled, but it's all pointing towards yeah could be changing for the better. And they're realizing their stupid stuff is stupid. It's a new dawn, people. I'm feeling it's a new day. Yeah, and I'm feeling good. Exactly. Michael Blublay said it best. Okay. Okay, so moving on. So Zach and Katie went on Caitlin Bristow's podcast and revealed a little something about Nick Vial. So basically, when Zach was The Bachelor, Nick reached out kind of as like a, hey, man, like, I got your back. I'm like the older fraternity brother if you need anything. But Zach basically said that the next day, Nick turned around and bashed Zach on his podcast. So this is what Zach said about Nick. Was it bad? Because he had reached out to me, like, the day before saying, hey, man, I got your back. Like, I'll support you. <laughs> and then he drops his phone number. And I and I just, like, saw it. And I was like, oh, that's great. The next day, I just see in Yahoo News or whatever, slam Zach, Shawcross. I'm quitting this. Or he's so this. And that. I was like, was that just, like, a pity reach out? Or, like, because it kind of hurt. Like, I don't, I don't totally. I've never met him. And I was like. 
kind of an asshole move. Yeah. Maybe he didn't mean to. Maybe something he said got taken out of context. I don't listen to his stuff. Yeah. But from what I could see, it looked a little harsh. It so was I just harsh. Um, nothing was taken out of context. Yeah, and it, he did it a lot, too. It was, like, pretty consistent. Sometimes I think, though, Nick's the kind of person who, like, goes to record his podcast and, like, blacks out, just says the most, like, random shit, and then hits upload. Podcast goes into the abyss of the world, and he's like, what? I don't know. I, I was right. What do you mean? No. And then... Perfect impression. But he doesn't realize that, like, <laughs> what he said... It's like, dude, that was mean, but he, I think he just, like, blacks out and says shit, and then blacks back in and is like oh sorry blacks back in <laughs> i'm more like a little creeped about him reaching out almost like extending an olive branch type thing like hey if you need anything i'm here name's nick mm-hmm. he has like a name tag. it's like when you like start a new job and you're working yeah. at target and he's like i'm nick uh people know me around here i've been working here for quite some time so you're gonna want to have to respect me mm-hmm. that's what i feel like it is like you may not know me but i'm nick vial and you're going to have to get to know me. I yeah. think him reaching out is like, hey, just letting you know, don't cross me because I'm like, I'm the head honcho on this block. That's what it comes off to me. Also, when researching this story, I was looking at friend of the show, Dave Neal's YouTube. Shout out, Dave. And Dave said that when he started blowing up on YouTube, that Nick reached out to Dave and they had a phone call. And I inquired about this because Wait, Dave is a friend. Yeah. And I was like, what did the phone call entail? And Dave basically said, it was a while ago, but basically said, oh, I really like your stuff. Wanted to kind of introduce himself. I think that's strategic. A hundred percent. Wait, I didn't know this. I'm learning this for yeah. the first time on the pod live. That's a hundred percent strategic. Because I do think, don't you think if we got a call from Nick Vile just being like, hey, she's all batch girls, um, I just want to let you know, like, I'm Nick Vile. I really do think it would influence us to go easier on him because we'd be like, oh, shit, he's listening to us. Like, he knows who we are. So I think that's 100% strategic with Dave Neal to be like, hey, I'm Dave. Hey, man, we're good. Yeah. Because Dave Neal, you know, is like, good at what he does and is obviously going to honestly discuss things, but... I don't know. I feel like if I knew Nick was listening right now, maybe I would say different things. But also, hey, Nick, invite us on your show. (laughs) I think it's a different situation, but did the same thing not happen to us with Ben? Kind of, yeah. I mean, I don't think Ben was being strategic at all when he reached out to us. Yeah, well, I think that the difference with Ben is he had something specific he wanted to, like, discuss with us. That something that we had said was bothering him, even though, like, he had heard it three times through the grapevine. So I think just wanted to get clarity on what we were saying and see us and meet us. So it's kind of different because if Nick's reaching out with, like, not about anything specific, just being like, hey, I'm Nick. Yes, and in Dave's video, he also says that Nick did the same thing with Katie Thurston. Like, reached Mm. out, like, hey, if you need anything. I think it's probably something common that alumni may do if they want to reach out and say, like, hey, you're in for a wild ride if you need anything. I think it's weird. Doing it to Zach and then the next day bashing him on your podcast kind of feels like the reach out may be one-sided. Like, hey, I don't want you to bash me, but I'm going to – it's fair game for me because you're The Bachelor. I also could see Nick, like – in his mind, warping it in some way where he's like, oh, well, I have a podcast and I critique the show. So none of this is personal. I'm just like saying what I think, not realizing that like that might be like hurtful to Zach. But he's like, oh, well, what? I was just saying what I was thinking, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's why I think he could justify it. Like, well, you were The Bachelor. I was just talking about your edit on the show. Yeah, I'm just I'm just critiquing like blah, blah, blah. That's what I'm yeah. like, hired to do on this podcast. Right. Yeah. I'm going to school to be a therapist. Yeah, I need to I can't help dissect it. your psychology, duh. Right. 
Very interesting. Well, I will await the phone call from Nick Vile one of these days. You know I'll shit my pants when that happens, if that happens. Well, just take um, a just medication Jackie, for that please. or something. Seriously. Call me. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, moving on. So staying on the topic of Zach and Katie, they did their media tour last week. And in one of the interviews, Katie admits that she she doesn't flat out say this. This is my interpretation of it. But she admits that she didn't get her dream ring because Tino gave that ring to Rachel. How does she say that, though? Like, well, let's play the let's clip. Let's hear. I need to hear. So they went on Chicks in the Office and the girls ask Zach and Katie. Well, they ask Zach about picking a ring, which before we get into it is such a joke because he literally chooses from three to four. You know how I feel about this. I get really mad when we praise the guy for being able to choose out of four gorgeous free Neil Lane rings. rings. Free. Yeah. Yeah. Not making any payment plans, Zach. All right. This is what they said. Picking a ring, was that stressful for you, Zach, or did, or did you know right away when you saw that one? So I thought it was going to be stressful. I was like, oh my God, like this is the <laughs> moment. I don't want to that. Almost immediately, I saw that ring and I was like, that screams Katie, without a yeah. doubt. Like that, I'm picturing it on her finger. It's a, it's a little big. We talked about yeah. it. Of like, like, oh, no, a not, a, not a ring? two big diamonds. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, trust me. We've had oh, no, 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 we've had it. Kelly and I are like, oh, God, what a yeah, problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shoot. She's like, what if I get mugged? I'm like, that's a good point. <laughs> really? <laughs> never, <laughs> never down. Never <laughs> take away the time. Never, never downsize. I have a question that's, for you guys about yeah. that kind of, in a, like a regular relationship, I feel that a lot of people will have this discussion, like, what kind of ring you want? Or like, they'll go ring shopping together, whatever. Did you guys ever have a chance to talk about that my ideal ring and i've told zach this would be a gold band with a emerald cut on top love but, that. Love a love um, yeah. Yeah. but i guess so uh, tino gave that to rachel oh, last oh, season that's right um but yeah, either yeah, way yeah. like i said so grateful yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. it <laughs> is gorgeous ring. It's it's so grateful <laughs> so grateful thank you so much um does neil lane not have two Emerald cut yeah, well, rings is there some with a of- gold band. Like, really? There's only one custom-made Neil Lane ring? They couldn't find something similar? I just don't get it. And Rachel only wore that ring for a month. Certainly, we could have Windexed it off and given it to Katie if we really wanted to. Yeah, didn't she have to give it back? I think you... Yeah. Yeah, so so Neil Lane has it in his inventory. We And honestly, like, had they not said that, I wouldn't have really remembered what Rachel's ring looked like. So I think they could have just reused or is there something sentimental where you're like, well, I don't want like a second hand well, ring no, yeah, that has already been in a right. You don't want a ring that has been on someone else's finger, especially someone that got broken up with after like yeah, two weeks like, of being you, engaged. You wash it. It's fine. <laughs> it's the <laughs> same thing. thing. I was kidding about the Windex. They're not, they're not going to Windex it off and give it to Katie. I think it's funny in that clip, though, Zach's like, well, this ring just screamed Katie. Katie looks down at her finger and laughs. Like, I don't think she likes the ring. And Aww. I think it's really weird to say my ideal ring and then describe something other than what's on your finger. She probably doesn't like it. I mean, but what is she going to say? Be like, oh, this huge diamond ring. I fucking hate it, Zach. You don't even know me at all. We barely know each mm-hmm. other. This is... Why are we getting married? I don't know if it was two or if it was three or four, but it's usually always three or four mm-hmm. that they have to choose from. He had a 25% shot of getting it right. And if the, the gold band emerald cut isn't one of the four, yeah, you were never going to get what you wanted. Well, maybe they'll do, like, I feel like some bachelor couples do this where, like, they have the ring, they're engaged, but then once they, like, decide they really are going to get married, like, they get re-engaged. Like, I think Ari and Lauren did this. Uh, Jojo, Jojo and Jordan, Jordan. did it, yeah. too. Yeah. So maybe now he knows, and for the second engagement ring, you'll get your emerald cut gold band. 
Mm-hmm. Rooting for you, Katie. Rooting for you, girl. Or just borrow it from, oh, Rachel doesn't have it. Neil Lane has it. Just ask Neil for it back and be like, hey, yeah. I really will just Windex this off. You can use a little jewelry cleaner. That stuff works wonders. Brand new. I'm going to get so many DMs of people saying, do not Windex your engagement rings. I don't think that's a good idea, but they make actual real jewelry cleaners that you can right. dip it in. Right. And that's safe for diamonds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe Windex too. I don't know. I've never done it, but crazy <laughs> I don't, I don't recommend. Maybe don't try this at home, people. But okay. So moving on, Gabby went on clickbait and talked about her time on the show. Obviously, she had a very dramatic ending on the show, and she says something that I just wholeheartedly don't agree with. So basically, she said she stayed on the show because had she left on her own, Katie would have felt chosen by default. So this is Gabby, in her own words, explaining that. On that date on the beach, I knew for sure it's not you. Um, And I said that. But I also thought about my friendship with Katie. And, um, you know, I've hesitated saying this, but I think it is important to, like, know, like, why I did stay. Um, And I thought about my relationship with Katie and if I were in her shoes. And it was clear Katie was the choice. Katie had, had been the choice. But if I had left, she could have felt like she is the choice by default. And she was truly the choice. He was always choosing Katie. Yeah, I just 100% don't believe that. Especially because Gabby has also said things like, I know she had a, a gut feeling that it wasn't her, but she showed up that day hoping maybe she was wrong. But, and then she's like, oh yeah, but you know, always trust your gut, whatever. So I think she was going to stick it out to the end because she wanted to see if maybe Zach was picking her. Exactly. And I think maybe looking back, that's how she feels. Like, yeah. oh, I stuck it out to do that for Katie. But I think if Zach said, it's you, Gabby, what would you have said? No. No, I don't believe she would have. I think. I don't believe that. And it reminded me of, remember in Clayton season when he offers Gabby and Rachel both roses, Gabby says no. And Rachel just kind of looks at the camera and she's like, did I just win? Like, I don't, oh, yeah, like, it yeah, sucks yeah. to be, like, the default choice when you're not prepared for it. Katie may have felt weird about it, too, because it's like you just admitted that you slept with this other woman, and now she's gone, and now I'm the last one standing. I can see how that can kind of start their relationship off on a weird foot, but I don't think Gabby did it on purpose. No, I don't either. I also think there have been other situations, too, where, like, that's been the case and it's been fine. Like, remember when... um Gabby said to Eric, she's like, yeah, you're the person who's left. Kind of implying like, yeah, I went through it with all the other people. They got sent home for a reason and now it's you. So I feel like there could be a way for Zach to spin that to Katie of being like, hey, yeah, like just met up with Gabby. She left, blah, blah, blah. It's always been you, blah, blah, blah. And then it would be fine. Yeah. Maybe do you think Gabby saying that though? Yes, because just like in hindsight, she wants to think back of it that way. But also because now it's like awkward with her friendship with Katie. I would have loved to get more information on like how them as two friends are kind of like working through a situation like that. Or if they have to kind of slowly, just naturally part ways a little bit. It may be weird. I'm sure it's weird if like Gabby FaceTimes Katie and she's like, hey, I'm just in bed with Zach right now. <laughs> That's fucking weird. They probably have to just just ever so slightly not be as close as they were on the show. Yeah, but I think they can work towards – I think in time they can go back to being close again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's why I'm saying I think maybe Gabby's saying things like that to kind of make the friendship with Katie less weird. And the rest is still unwritten. Okay, so moving on, you guys know that The Bachelor is not 
on TV until June now, and we have to kind of fill our lives with other type of content. And we are doing just that on She's All Batch Patreon. We have a very, very exciting episode that just dropped. Jackie, tell them about it. I will tell you all about it. So we interviewed Brian Jorlay. He was from season one of The Hills. And I think this was such an interesting conversation, whether you watched The Hills back in the day or you don't watch The Hills and you're just a reality TV connoisseur. I think this conversation was so interesting because The Hills really was like the OG reality show that made reality TV what it was as we know it. Like, obviously, there were reality shows before that, but I really do think The Hills changed the game. Anyone who's a fan of reality TV will find it really interesting because a lot of this is still applicable today. We hear a lot of the same stuff in our interviews with Bachelor contestants. Here's a preview of what Brian actually said in the interview about dating Audrina Patridge. So I feel like Audrina and I just kind of got lumped together because all of our friends were dating and we were on this TV show. And so we were, like, hanging out. But like, no, it was never like we're seriously dating. It was kind of like, let's just have some fun with this since we're we both just got cast on the show. And uh, MTV found out that we were like hanging out and um, they were like, no, we want to film you guys go on a date. So we were like, sure, let's do it. But by the time we went on that date, to me, it was just for the cameras and for the show. It wasn't like we were really dating. It was, um, you know, we were filming a TV show at the end of the day when I did film the date with Audrina, like the producers had me film it a bunch of different ways where I, you know, when I picked her up for the date, I also dropped her off like at the same time. And then we filmed the version where I, where I go, where I go in to her apartment, one where I don't, one where we kiss, one where we don't. Um, so it's like not real at all. That's literally like, okay, we have a shot list. Like we got to get this, we got to get this, we got to get this. And then they're all well, putting it similar together to after. On The Bachelor, we interview someone who she's, I don't know if you actually watch The Bachelor show or you know of it, but like. I she's do, like, I walk- do. I'm a oh, big we'll talk fan, about that. Oh, oh, perfect. Okay, great. <laughs> well, someone from Chris Souls' season, uh, Jillian, she's walking in a rose ceremony and she has this like infamous fall where she like literally tumbles in the rose ceremony and she laughs and that's what they air on the show. But when we interviewed her, they she said they made her go back and walk regularly because she's like, well, on the off chance that I won the season, they don't want to air me falling on my face. They want to air me looking like perfect and polished and like the yeah. girl that he's supposed to pick. I think it's really funny for you because you're like, you shot for eight months and they kind of wanted to see what was going to happen with Audrina. If they ended up painting you as a bad guy, they want to show Audrina like declining you at the door saying like, no, like a night bye, like, I don't want to move forward with you. You know what I mean? Like, it's interesting that like they have every option to go, like however they wanted to paint you, they could paint you, but she lets you in, in the version that we see on TV. Right. Yeah. I remember watching cause I'm like in my like earlier twenties, I guess at that point. And I'm like, Oh man, like dating out in LA looks so cool. Like I remember watching it and being like influenced by it and now knowing it's completely fake. You're ruining <laughs> my dreams. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry to shatter the uh the <laughs> illusion. So yeah, if you guys like that, you can go to patreon.com slash she's all batch and check out that episode, plus all of our other bonus content and more to come on a monthly basis. Oh, and we are going to be launching monthly happy hours with our Patreon community. So stay tuned for that. But basically, we're all going to hop on a Zoom call on a monthly basis and have a little happy hour, talk a little bachelor goss and have some fun. So stay tuned for details on that. Moving on. 
Caitlin Bristow went on Jason's podcast. One, that alone. You know? She went on his podcast. So like, I know. Like, I've been meaning to listen to the whole thing because I'm like, I need to dissect your relationship dynamics and see what is going on here. Because we haven't seen them, like, together in a while. So. Yeah. And I think it that's a strategic move. It was, like, his 100th episode or something. And he has his beloved as his guest. It From what I heard, I didn't listen to the entire thing, but from what I heard, it is pretty juicy. Caitlin mm-hmm. doesn't ever hold back an interview. She's a really good interview. But I think it's a sta- it definitely is a statement having her as his guest, maybe saying, like, we are totally fine back off. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get some gel blaster guns, and it's going to be good. <laughs> but something was pointed out to me. Shout out Macy H. Fotz for pointing this out. Caitlin kind of low-key bashes her ex, Sean Booth, on this podcast. Here is what Caitlin said. So I think men sometimes get emasculated. 100%. By the bachelorette coming off and all these opportunities are like, we want Caitlin there and like, oh, well, Sean can come too. Or like, maybe not. Maybe it's just Caitlin. Or it's the two of us together. But like, it's always, it was always, if I was there, then he was invited. And I think that on top of already feeling emasculated on the show where you're not the one and there's other relationships building and you thought it was you the whole time and then you realize it wasn't. Like, how does a relationship even work after that? I don't know. It's hard. But it was like getting down to the end where I we both just didn't see it going anywhere, but it felt like he was hanging on until his gym opened. And that's where I felt used. Professionally. Professionally. Got it. So she's basically saying that Sean stayed with her long enough to open his gym and then he didn't need her anymore. Proving my point that I think people stay together in this franchise because of the financial benefits. Of course. Yeah. What they probably should have been doing, though, and maybe they wouldn't have um, ended in such a tumultuous way, is they should have been using the Parrot app to better connect with each other. They should have been using the Parrot app. I feel like if they used the Parrot app before getting off of the show, she probably wouldn't have chosen Sean. Because I think ultimately on the show, she chose Sean because they had the best chemistry. She was most physically attracted to him. She liked him. They obviously had a connection, but I don't think they were compatible. But you don't know that unless you're really getting to know someone and you really get to know a partner by downloading the Parrot app. So let's tell you about this little app that we're talking about. Yeah, so Paired is a relationship app for couples, and basically you download the app and you pair it with your significant other, and then you are each sent questions every day, questions, quizzes, and games, and all of those things kind of deepen your connection. And the cool thing is with the questions is you can't see what your partner said until you answer it. And so I think it's just a good way to spark conversations that you wouldn't normally, like, have on a day-to-day basis, but it helps you get to know each other better. Like, you're not going to be sitting around making dinner and be like, Babe, what was like the most, I don't know, what's an example question? Like literally a question. So I've downloaded the Paired app. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions was, what do you remember about the first time we met? Which I think is a really insightful question and something that you're not going to be, like you said, making dinner and just randomly asking your partner. But both me and my husband had to answer and I didn't get to see until I answered. And I used the word charming. I've always used the word charming to describe him, especially when we first met so I said charming and cute like that's what I thought of you when we first mm-hmm. met and he responded with my drink order that I ordered which was mm-hmm. vodka sprite but I was like but it's just funny to see that like 
how someone else interprets a question. Yeah. I mean, that says a lot about a person too. And I think that helps you get to know people better as well. And like, maybe if this was like Caitlin and Sean, it would be like, what do you remember about when we first met? And then Sean just writes like, I don't care. I just want to open my gym. Right. And then she probably would have broken up with him. (laughs) Right. But exactly. she, She didn't know that. So... Whether you're just a few dates in or you guys have been together a long time, I think Paired is a great way to lighten the mood and have fun with your partner. So you guys can head to Paired.com slash She's All Batch and you get a seven-day free trial. So definitely test it out. You truly have nothing to lose and you'll get 25% off if you sign up for a subscription. So head to Paired.com, P-A-I-R-E-D.com slash She's All Batch and sign up today. Connect with your partner every day using Paired. Happier relationships start here. Okay, did I tell you, you guys know how much I have loved the game Love and Pies, but did I tell you, Stephanie, that I actually got a DM from a listener who said that she also has been playing Love and Pies and she's obsessed. I know. So she basically said, I downloaded Love and Pies and I'm addicted with the crying laughy emoji. It's low-key such a good game. I legit never play games on my phone ever. I was influenced, LOL. And shout out to Pamela Kay, that's who DM'd me on Instagram, a listener. But um, I was like, oh my God, I'm so awesome honor to have influenced you, but it really is a fun time, guys. If you're looking for something to do on your phone that's not death scrolling through other social media apps and you just actually want to like disconnect, unwind, fall into like a fun little game, I think Love and Pies is a great game to download. The game also offers like a mystery element that you have to help solve. So you're playing as the main character, Amelia. She inherited this cafe and there have been all these mysteries and you kind of still have to figure out what has been going on in this town, specifically for the Lake Pass event. So there's been a bizarre flood at an old warehouse and part of the town is literally underwater. So it's up to you to discover how it happened and who may be behind it. So the fun thing is it's like you're playing this little relaxing game. You're making your pies. You are like running your pie shop. It's iconic. But there's also a story element to it, too, that makes it really interesting. So as you continue to play, you uncover more information about this huge mystery. You are basically like an Olsen twin. Totally. Yes. So for a tasty mix of love and drama, download Love and Pies for free today and check out the Lake Pass event available now through May 7th. That's Love and Pies, free to download in the App Store or Google Play. Okay, we're going to kick off Bachelor Encounters. You guys know that's when you guys submit stories of meeting Bachelor Nation in the wild. We read those stories on air, and you know what? What? It's a good time. And we're going to be reading Bachelor Encounters live at Fest next week, so you better be there, Biatch. Yeah, that's going to be an even better time, some might say. Some might say that. So the first encounter is about your man, TC. <gasps> TC! This person writes, I was on a flight from Atlanta to West Palm Beach this morning when the lady sitting to the right of me had to be moved due to her weight. I was in the emergency exit row in the middle seat of three when they made her switch seats with a guy in front of me in case there was an evacuation. He sat down and I noticed how beautiful this man was, but I was only seeing his side profile. About an hour into the flight, I noticed it was Tyler. Couldn't you smell him? Come on. Right. (laughs) That should have been a dead giveaway. You could smell him, this beautiful scent coming off of that body, but I think... When someone sits directly next to them, you don't want to, like, look, like completely look. That's weird because they're right there. Yeah, but you can still kind of see. I, I, it's shocking to me that an hour went by and you didn't realize it was Tyler. Yeah. Because what are you going to do, like, stare straight ahead the whole time and, like, not turn your head even just a little bit? Well, she's in the middle see. seat. No, I yeah, know. That's no, what I'm saying. So he comes on the side. She didn't even look when he was kind of coming in. I don't know. She could have snuck a look. This is just classic airplane etiquette. You're the middle seat. You keep straight. 
You're not looking. Yeah, keep those arms in. Do not take up both armrests. Yeah, don't be a dick. So she was doing the right thing, not being too nosy about who was mm-hmm. sitting next to her. But she said, about an hour into the flight, I noticed it was Tyler. I started sweating. I would be the same way. <laughs> I told him I recognized him, and he was so nice. He asked me my name and what I was doing coming to West Palm Beach. I told him I was staying at the Four Seasons for a bit, and so he made a TikTok with me on my account saying that we were going on a vacation. He was so nice and kind and dropped dead gorgeous attached is pictures and the tiktok video so i mean this is like jackie's dream to just be truly is my <laughs> wait did i have i ever told you my actual dream in life is to meet the love of my life on a plane or at the airport in the lounge don't you just think that's like super romantic. a hot place to meet yeah like you're sitting there at the little lounge before you get on the flight you get a little free glass of champagne and then you look over and then there's, there's like the one hot guy who's kind of your age too and then you fall in love and then you realize you're on the same flight and you realize you're sitting next to each other and then you spend the whole flight chatting, conversing, yeah. falling in love. Like, that's actually my dream fantasy. Um, and if it was Tyler Cameron who was sitting next to me on the flight, times 10 dream fantasy. Times 10. That actually, so Kayla Quinn on Ben Higgins season, her the guy she dated before, like her current husband, that happened. And she said that she was <gasps> so wrapped up in like the fantasy of the story, like I think it, they didn't meet mm-hmm. in the lounge, like your story, but I think he was seated next to her. They ended yeah. up talking the whole flight. They get, they like each other and then they date. And she said, like, I would have ended the relationship sooner, but the story of how we met was almost so like serendipitous that you want to like ride it out. I mean, that is such a good story to be yeah. able to tell people, oh, how'd you meet? Well, romantically on a plane. Yeah. Um, I also love to, I could see Tyler just because he's Tyler Cameron kind of having an attitude on a plane and, you know, like, hat on, doesn't really want to talk to anyone, whatever. The fact that he was so nice and so willing to make a little TikTok with her warms my heart. Because I could see him being kind of like, I'm Tyler, no pictures, please. Oh, but see, he was no, so I nice. Guess, I feel like every encounter we've ever heard about Tyler, he's super gracious. Like, he loves the attention. Mm. Like, making yeah. a TikTok video saying, like, we're going on a vacation. Like, he loves it. I can't. I actually don't think he would ever be a dick. Have you ever seen him be a dick? No, I've never seen him in real life. We've never been on the well, plane together. So right. maybe one Not day. yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. I, isn't he from New York? How are you just like walking the streets of New York and not he, running into him? Well, now I think he spends most of his time in Florida because he's focusing on his construction business. He does. I think I think he's Matt James's roommate in New York, but I don't think he spends a lot of time here anymore. He's not modeling as much and he's doing construction. Why am I talking as if I like know him? I'm yeah. like, yeah, so he was telling me he's trying to focus more <laughs> on this. Um, but I think he was more in New York a few years ago. Now he's not. Got it. Thank you for that update. Maybe one day we'll run into each other. Okay. Until then. I have to start going places bachelor people go. I don't know what those are, but. Okay. Moving on. Hi, I'm up in the middle of the night with bad pregnancy insomnia. So I figured I'd write my bachelor encounter. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Back in 2015, my boyfriend and I were bar hopping around Chicago one fall evening. Our waitress approaches us, and I look up to see Amber James from Chris Souza's season and Ben Higgins' season. We actually had Amber on. She was one of our first guests ever. Shout out to you, Amber. I played it very cool to start and waited until she walked away to ask my boyfriend if I should say anything. Her season of Bachelor in Paradise was in the middle of airing, so I decided I had to bother her. Also, is she the waitress, or is she just at the place? That's unclear. I thought waitress, but unclear. <laughs> okay. When she returns with our drinks, okay, she's the waitress. Okay. I, I tell her I'm a Bachelor fan and that I've been enjoying watching her on Bachelor in Paradise. She was so sweet, took a selfie with me, 10 out of 10. 
She also throws in another Bachelor encounter. My other encounter was with Christina Shulman. I saw her at a bachelorette party with a huge group of friends in Chicago late one night in either 2018 or 2019 as I was wondering if I should go say hi. She was my favorite on Nick's season. We made eye contact and she gave me a look that said, don't approach me. Zero out of 10. Zero out of 10. The drama. I mean, okay. She didn't say don't approach me, even though don't approach me is in quotes in this Bachelor encounter. She said the eye contact look appeared that way. She said it without saying it. Right. But maybe she was drunk at this bachelorette party. Yeah, I don't know. I I do see both scenarios where it's like on one hand, it's like, you know, you have this life that you have because of all the fans that love watching you on TV. So, like, be gracious when they come to say hi to you and take a picture. It takes two seconds. Like, I don't think it's that hard to be kind. But at the same time, I could also get if you're like, you know, you're there with your friends doing a private thing. Maybe your other friends aren't really in the public eye. They don't really want people coming up and around. So you just kind of want to respect that. So I could see both sides of that. Yeah. And I mean, like, in Christina's defense, you didn't go up to her and try. So you don't know. Maybe she would have been nice. Or maybe she just has a case of resting bitch face. I have been diagnosed as well. So I know the struggle. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe she was just cranky and needed to take a nap. And... She probably didn't have any attitude sheets to sleep on, and that's why mm. she was kind of giving you those nasty looks because yeah, she was just on tired. Bachelorette parties, you do not get a good night's sleep, right? Honestly, yeah, because bachelorette parties would be a lot better if they had attitude sheets at the Airbnbs, so that everyone could mm-hmm. get a restful sleep, wake up the next morning refreshed, and not give dirty looks. Absolutely. So, attitude sustainable bedding is made from the world's first non-toxic bamboo fabric, and they are luxuriously soft, smooth as silk, and more breathable than cotton. And right now, Attitude is offering She's All Batch listeners $25 off your first bedding purchase with code She's All Batch for a limited time. So there's no time like the present to upgrade your bedding, guys. Totally. And then one more shameless plug for FOTSFest 2.0 on April 13th. Attitude has been so gracious to donate a package that we're going to be raffling off to a lucky winner. And lucky you are. I literally want to rig it in my favor because their stuff is so amazing and so comfortable and so soft. They have blanket, pajamas set, a bunch of other things in the package too. So if you were on the fence about coming to FOTSFest, this should persuade you. You too could have free Attitude products. Well, this package alone is like several, several hundred dollars, like worth mm-hmm. several hundred dollars. And one lucky FOTS is going to be walking away with it. And sorry, Jackie, it's not going to be you. If you win I the know. Attitude prize pack, that <laughs> Okay, but be- what if I got, I, what if I legitimately won? If I got a few little raffle tickets and I'm like, oh my God, you called the number? That's me. That's me. Yeah, it's not going to work that way. Because I'm going to be the one pulling the names. And you're going to be like, Jackie. I'll be like, Jackie, we why need, are you We in need this? to pass on you. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's go to the next person. Fine. Yeah. But, I mean, just know that if you come to FOTSFest, you can get your hands on this amazing prize pack from Etitude. Etitude has the most comfortable sheets on the market. Go to etitude.com slash she's all batch. That'll get you $25 off your bedding purchase. Again, that's E-T-T-I-T-U-D-E dot com slash she's all batch. Happy sleeping. Okay, guys, we have Jamie Otis Hayner here. You know her from Ben Flanick's season of The Bachelor and Bachelor Pad, but you also know her from Married at First Sight, a success story. Jamie, thank you for coming on She's All Batch. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm pumped to be here. We are so excited to have you. Um, we actually had Ben on the podcast recently, and he gave a very good interview. And he usually doesn't. Oh, talk. yeah. Oh, now I'm dying to hear that episode. What yeah, I'll have, have to say. 
I'll, I'll have to send it to you. It was a, it was a good, a juicy one. Um, oh. so hi. You, hi, Doug. How are you? Good. You? good. We'll long have to get you no on the podcast. <laughs> what do you say? He's a long time. No, see. Um, so your TV journey started with the bachelor. Am I, that's correct. Right. Nothing before that. Right. What made you want to go on reality TV to try to find? Love? I honestly did not think that I was ever like, I never thought I was going to be on. I never wanted to be on reality TV. I never thought I was going to be on it. But the, you know, I saw that, uh, well, my friends and I were uh, watching, I never watched The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, but my one roommate friend who um, I was staying with over the summer, uh, she was obsessed with the bachelorette and it was Ali Fedotowski season. And so I would come in and out and I would see, she's always watching the same show. And I was like, what is this girl watching? And she told, then she told me, Oh, you should watch it with me. Like this girl has to pick from all these guys. And, you know, and she dates them all. And I was like, what is this? And then the commercial <laughs> comes on in the middle, you know, like if you want to date the next bachelor or bachelorette. And I was like, and so my friend who was with me was like, Oh, you should apply. I was like, Oh, I will. And never really thought much of it. And, actually got a call back and so um or an email I guess and uh yeah and that's kind of how that all happened that's why you go on thinking that you would find love or what were your in- intentions oh, going into it I absolutely thought I did not belong there I was like not a chance they I was a girl from a trailer park I had you know a drug, drug addict mother I had no father I did not know who my father was I did a little bit of research on the show and was like, oh my gosh, you bring this person home. Like I have custody of my siblings. Like I don't belong here. I don't know what I'm doing here, but I'm like, I'm up for it. Like, I mean, they told me I could come, so I'm there, but I did not think for a minute he was even going to be interested in me or I just had no self-confidence. I had no, I was so, I was a baby too. And I had never really had the chance to date because I was taking care of my siblings. So it was kind of like my first dating experience (laughs) <laughs> that was televised which was you know as you if you watch the season as you know I was I think that there's like a countdown of the <laughs> most like cringiest moments of all bachelor history and I was like number one for a really long time I might still be number one I'm not I'm not sure I haven't checked the list lately are you affected by that um of course everybody gets affected by other people's opinions you know mm-hmm. uh, and so and I've forever struggled with feeling secure and confident in myself having a mother who doesn't even you know who who isn't even interested in me sometimes and so that right there at your core is going to affect you and then to have like the reality of like these lists saying that I'm you know so uh awkward and weird which I I knew that I am um but the great thing that has come from that experience for me is the amount of other awkward and weird ladies who will reach out to me and be like, oh, hey, you're <laughs> awkward and weird too. Hey, let's be friends. And I'm like, oh my God, I need a friend too. So thank you. Like, yeah, let's be friends. And Normalizing I, weird. Yeah. I mean, let's like, I mean, to be honest, I feel like, uh, sorry, I keep getting notifications. Um, to be honest, I feel like we're all a little weird in a, you know, in different ways. And the person oh, yeah. who thinks they're not weird is probably the weirdest. And so, you know, like, it, and also the best thing that came out of just kind of going on and like kind of I didn't really want to share an awful lot about who I was or where I came from because I was very embarrassed of it and it felt like skeletons in my closet but of course the bachelor does like a background package and so the only time anything about me was really aired was you know there but um it's not like I mean I never told Ben anything about 
like, I never told the girls, I told one girl that I trusted in the house. And that was it just that just kind of like, I guess the fact that I had sisters waiting at home that I'm like taking care of their living in our trailer that I bought for us to live in. And, uh, you know, I was really ashamed of it. And I feel like the best thing that could have happened to me was kind of being outed by this TV show because it was like, yep, that's my truth. And actually it's not that bad. And there's a lot of people who have similar situations or, or worse situations, you know, like there could, I mean, everybody's got something and we all think we're trying to like, you know, be cooler or get by, by, by trying to disguise it or, I don't know, make it look prettier. And the truth of the matter is, is like, why? Like, I mean, that's not real life. Like humans are messy. We're like, we're messed up, messy people. We all have something. And so Mm -hmm. if you just kind of share about it, oh my gosh, the stress off your chest. Like I had so much stress trying to pretend to be someone I wasn't. And then when I just had no choice, but to share like, oh yeah, actually that is true. It's like, oh, they don't, no one even cares. Like, it's like, that doesn't yeah. define you, like who your mother is or what your growing up circumstances were. That doesn't even define you. Like, why are you defining yourself by that? So mm-hmm. any case, uh, good things I think came out of it, but of course there's growing pains along the way. Do you think that The Bachelor maybe took advantage of your history when you say that you weren't secure or you were emotional? Um, do you think they, I guess, use that to their advantage to get you know tears or an emotional moment on camera well I think we all know the bachelor does that (laughs) you know um they do that uh with everybody in every situation and I don't know the old me would have said yeah of course I took advantage uh but the me that wants to just I don't know be loving and accepting and it is what it is kind of thing like you can't change it anyways yeah there is and honestly I feel like you know, God really like took that and just turned it into something that was beautiful for me. And even though it was kind of like slandering me in a way just to get ratings up or whatever, you know, to make it funny, they're picking on me, but it helped me grow as a human being. And it helped me, I mean, it's hasn't been easy, but I feel like my confidence has absolutely improved and it took me going through the mud, you know, to get Mm -hmm. there. But, uh, it's, you know, it's totally, it was, it was worth it. Would I do the show again? Probably not, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I am thankful I did it, I guess. I want to just, so for our listeners that may not know about the moment you were referring to before, um, you give Ben a kissing lesson on the show because yeah. you wanted to have your first kiss with him. But on our show, we always like highlight, you know, the scenes that you see on TV have a story writer, like someone's talking to the person yeah. to get them amped up, probably saying, Hey, Jamie, like you haven't kissed Ben yet. Like you should really go up to him and try this. What was, what happened before leading up to that scene? Oh, well, it definitely happened just like that. So Chris Harrison came in and said, and you know, some, one of the girls was uh, removed from the house cause she wasn't serious. And he came in and he was like, if you're not serious, you know, we can tell and you're not going to be here any longer. And I was like, Oh God, am I serious? I think I'm serious. Like, <laughs> like I'm what does serious look like? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I was 20. I was such a baby, like looking back at it now and truly like, I didn't even know Ben. Like, I mean, I barely talked in what I did know of him, whether it was his true character or not, it wasn't portrayed in a, in a way that it was someone that I wanted to like give myself to I guess you know or like be vulnerable with I didn't feel safe with him not like in a physical way but you know what I mean like emotionally like I wasn't like oh let me just spill all my my feelings to you and I think you're just gonna be my prince charming and rescue me like it didn't it didn't feel like that to me and so I was like I'm not 
like if that's what you're talking about that's not happening so the alternative so you usually when chris harrison comes in and says oh you got to open up or you know whatever it's like you either need to like share something monumental about your past or something you're going through you know the the drill or you know you make out and or like you know you put the moves on and either one can you it can get you through you know but um and I wanted to get to know Ben, like, you know, I actually did. I mean, when you're in that house and, you know, I'm sure and anybody you've had on will tell you that like they treat the bachelor or the bachelorette, like they're like the prince or the princess. And that's like the one goal. And you really want to get, you know, you know, they're like the prize and you really want to connect with them. And, and so I wanted, I felt like I, you're like almost brainwashed into thinking like, this is the only person and you, this is your only chance. So you, you want to go get this guy, you got, he's got to like you. And, um, so of course I wanted to, you know, him to like me and whatnot, especially in that situation. And so I wasn't about to share, I mean, you know, any of my, I'm like, I don't know what I could share with him. I'm a nurse. He knows that. Like, I, I don't want to talk about anything that's too vulnerable because I was embarrassed of it, you know? And so I was like, I guess I'll kiss him. And so I was like, can I have a double vodka? (laughs) Like they just fed me alcohol. And then when he kissed me, um, I obviously didn't like it. I like thought that like, well, he just like came with an open mouth approach and I just didn't like that. That wasn't, that's not my style. And so then I started, like, I thought it was cute, but he was very offended, uh, you know, of course. Um, yeah. But I'm also like, I mean, I thought I was just, I mean, I'm just goofy anyway. So I was like, oh, you close your mouth and then you open it. Like, and he was like offended that I was like trying to school him yeah. how to, how to get on national television. Rightfully he so. made it. I mean, I, we love Ben. He was super nice when he came on, but he made that moment more awkward than it needed to be. I actually feel like had you just like said that and he's like, okay, he like kissed you back. It would have been fine. It was him yeah. saying like, okay, I've kissed a woman before and like made it weird. Like, yeah. dude, calm yeah. down. Well, I think he was, you know, I'm not trying to defend him, but I think that he was at a point where like, I don't, he, well, he thought that I was there just for the girls and I'm like, I guess that could be a thing. I'm like, I, I don't even know what the show is. <laughs> like, I never really yeah. watched it. You're like, where am I? I think he honestly had a little bit of insecurity too. I mean, there's got to be a lot of pressure on you when you're the main character and, you know, you hope these girls are liking you. And I think that that one girl was, had just left the house, like kicked, remember I told you Chris Harrison to come in and like the one girl was kind of kicked out because she was found out to have had a boyfriend back home and she really wasn't oh. there for the right reasons. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Casey or Rosalyn actually Rosalyn was the one wait did Rosalyn really hook up with the producer oh sorry that's sorry that's That's Jake's season I'm mixing up seasons then Casey it was Casey Casey had a boyfriend okay yeah which honestly if you had Casey on the podcast I'm pretty sure that wasn't even real but you know it is what it is she was used as as everybody else and Casey was the one girl in there that I actually opened up to I was really close with her we were sharing a room in that that city that we were in and it was just the most like dramatic thing when she's like being like kicked out. And it's like, this is, it's it's just so much drama. (laughs) Yeah. But um, anyway, so I think he may have felt insecure that like he finds out even if it's real or not, like this other girl has a boyfriend back home. And then I'm like telling him he's not kissing. Right. And he's probably like, you know, feeling a little insecure. So I can see what would be, you know, in his defense, um, you know, a little, I guess, defensive or whatever, but uh, either way we weren't, we weren't meant to be and that's okay. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, you're much better off now. Uh, Obviously we just got a little preview of Doug just before. How did you um, end up on Married at First Sight? Like what got you there? Yeah. So it's kind of, uh, 
it's the same situation. Like I didn't necessarily go out applying for it. They were cold calling people and they said, are you having trouble? Yeah. They literally cold called and they said, are you having trouble dating in the tri-state area? And at this point I lived in Manhattan and, um, and I was like, I mean, you saw what happened. <laughs> like, do I have trouble dating people? Yeah, maybe a little. <laughs> and so, um, so I was like, yeah. And then they said, oh, well, would you be interested in having an expert kind of like walk your hand through the dating process and kind of guide you along and help you find out if like, help you, I don't know, realize whether or not this person is worthy of your time, you know, just help with all the different ways. And I was like, well, yeah, that sounds pretty cool too. And they're like, oh, cool. You know, do you want to sign up for the show? And it was called the love experiment. It wasn't called married at first sight. And so it wasn't marriage. It was just dating. And I was like, hmm, you know, like I feel, I felt like I was pretty, humiliated on the bachelor and then also on the bachelor pad and so I was like kind of hesitant but also like what do I have to lose at this point I mean no one's like oh Jamie she's a catch you know <laughs> like it wasn't like I don't know like I but was you just... were a catch are you kidding you Aww, were such a catch the... oh that's really sweet of you to say that but um definitely didn't feel like that <laughs> so I was like I have nothing to lose and I'll give this a shot and so I went to the casting call and um there was like a bunch of women there and they showed like the docu-series that had been done, done in uh, Denmark and three of the couples, you know, there were three couples who got married at first sight and they also dropped the bomb. This is actually marriage and it's called married at first sight. And you'll have no idea who your husband is. You'll have never looked at them, talked to them. You have no idea what their occupation is. You know nothing about them, but if you can trust these experts who are really here, not for the drama, but for truly, cause they were, they're also talking about the statistics that it's 50, 50 in America for marriage. So like, the divorce rate's been 50% around lurking around that area for a really long time. So if you go out and choose your own spouse, you have a 50% chance of making it anyway. So what if you brought in these experts and they analyze you in a group of people and they like pair you based on your compatibility. And if you're genuinely, you know, compatible, they're going to put you together. And then it, then it's on you to do the work. Like we, they know scientifically that you can be compatible, but you know, are you going to sabotage it? Are you going to do whatever? And that was kind of like the premise of it. And I was like, well, if there's someone that if I'm at that point, you know, I'm really thankful for The Bachelor and the fact that it allowed me to kind of release those skeletons because I couldn't have done Married at First Sight and been as open if I hadn't already been kind of I, outed is a weird word, but like kind of outed about the skeletons in my closet, you know, like if I hadn't already shared that. So I... I'm really, th and also to desensitize myself from the cameras. So like, I was like, uh, like they were so weird, you know, these cameras coming all around the bushes or you're like walking and then all of a sudden they're like following and you, you didn't even know they were following you. You know, uh, that was really, I'm, you know, like anybody else, I'm a, just a small town girl. I didn't feel like I belonged. It was all very awkward and weird to me. But then, you know, by the time I went, didn't marry at first sight, the cameras, it wasn't as scary to me and it, I could be myself more in front of them. And so that was a great setup for me with my husband. So instead of focusing on that aspect of the experiment or whatever you want to call it, uh, I could focus on just his, our relationship. And I could just let go of the fact that there's a camera following me around. And, um, and so that was great. Uh, yeah. And I don't even know how I got there, but yeah, that's uh, so yeah, I ended up getting married to a stranger on national television nine years ago, actually this month. So we'll, we're celebrating our nine year anniversary in a couple of weeks. 
congratulations. Thanks. Well, you said something interesting about the fact that like when you were pitched to married at first sight, even though that's not what it was called at the time, that the producers were not as much interested in drama. And obviously, like we know for The Bachelor, that's not the case. Did you think that was true when you were on Married at First Sight? Did it feel that way? Well, if you go back and watch our season, we're season one. And so Mm. if you Hulu right now and if you go back and you watch it, it's entirely different than even the Married at First Sight that's airing on Lifetime right now. So it's it is really, truly more of a docu-series. And that really was how it was pitched and presented to us. These were like true experts on my season of The Bachelor, like in the sense, and they're all true experts. Don't don't get me wrong. But um, they had a lot to lose if this didn't go well. Like, I mean, we had like, um, like someone who worked at Harvard who was a, an expert on our season. I mean, you don't work at Harvard and then just like take lightly to, you know, I mean, that's like, yeah, it's a big job. And then uh, Dr. Pepper Schwartz, who is still an expert today, she was the one that I related the most with. And she has, I mean, she helped create the algorithm for one of the dating apps. I mean, she has a, she has a lot of accolades behind her where if she just associates herself with some like silly reality show, her expertise would definitely be damp- like damp- dampened. And so I felt like they, these people aren't going to jeopardize their expertise in their fields for some reality TV show. I mean, you can't pay them enough because you don't, I don't know if you know, but you don't get paid much in reality TV. And so that just wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense. And so, uh, and then also I got to meet them. And so like the thing with the bachelor is everything's secretive. You don't even know who the bachelor is sometimes when, well, you don't Mm -hmm. know actually a lot of times when you're applying, Mm -hmm. this was all very upfront as far as like the experts that you're working with. And it, it just felt very, and like, this is also, again, I was probably very naive, but it felt very authentic in comparison to The Bachelor. Now that there's anything wrong with The Bachelor, man, if I could go back, I would do The Bachelor again, but I would just have the most fun with those girls and just like live it mm-hmm. up. And, you know, and I, but I didn't, I mean, I didn't do that when I was there. I was like, oh, I should be in love with him. Why isn't he in love with me? Like, yeah. you know, like, but um, anyways, if I could go back, I would do it all over again, <laughs> but I'd probably wouldn't it wouldn't even be worth it but in any case yeah so I felt like it was you know married at first sight was really truly I felt like it was almost like a gift from God in my lap like these experts are actually going to help me like not be as awkward or to kind of work through some of this these issues that I have so that I don't chase you know this this man away and also if I share like the real the things that I think that would scare someone away or not want to basically the things that make me unlovable if I could share those with them and they think that they can genuinely find someone who could look at me and be like, oh, she's actually not just tarnished and she is lovable. Then like, I feel like I should give that a shot and I should listen to their advice. And, you know, Dr. Pepper comes to your house and her name, by the way, I know is very I mean, I, I laughed before because I, rem- I remembered that it was Dr. Pepper and I just don't under, that's just amazing. I know it's very, interesting, <laughs> very interesting name. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but she's very sweet and very like authentic. And I f- could sense that off, like the authenticity authenticity coming from her and it made me trust her and so yeah so I was like okay and and also I was like well the chances of them finding someone like slim to none like it's not going to happen and because I, I was really honest about just everything like not knowing who, I mean you're getting married a legal marriage you got to like I'm like admitting I don't know who my father is so there'll be no father walking me down the aisle I my mom may or may not even be there because she's I can't even get a hold of her half the time so I don't know and if she is there I can't guarantee what kind of mental state she's in, you know, and I love my mom, but that's just the reality. And I don't want, I didn't want to be paired with someone that would instantly judge me because of that. 
And so, or their family, you know, to instantly judge me and be like, oh, uh oh, our son is with who and what just happened. Mm -hmm. And so I just was really honest about all of that. And I do really feel like, I mean, I'm lucky. I've obviously been married for nine years. I was paired with someone who, man, it really worked out for me. And I'm really thankful for that. That's so amazing. But it wasn't smooth sailing in the first episode, though. (laughs) No. So, you know, I came from The Bachelor where I know producers are trying to like kind of set you up for drama and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so when the doors opened and like I wasn't I didn't I wasn't immediately attracted to my husband and there was no chemistry there. And I was just terrified that I'm literally legally committing my life. I'm taking this man's last name and there's no butterflies like and he I don't know I just felt like my side of the room was kind of like yeah okay good job Jamie like go for it like I just felt like I was like "Uh oh this was a big mistake like I thought this was going to be a good idea and then I was instantly like oh nope that was bad and this is legal and what am I getting myself into like I just felt Mm -hmm. like if you're your wedding dress and you know your sisters walk down as the bridesmaids my niece walked down as the flower girl it's just so real and I don't have any sort of chemistry or attraction to the man at the end of the aisle how am I going to say I do and legally bind myself to him and so I just, that's literally what's going through my head as I'm walking down the aisle. And of course I start crying and they weren't really happy tears. They were kind of scared tears. Cause I was like, uh Oh, like this, this is awful because for him, he seemed to be pretty happy, but I'm like, Oh golly. Like, I don't even know. It was just a mess. I felt like, and then I just had a full blown panic attack because I said, yeah. I do, but I was like, Oh God, I think that the, I, I felt like they just bamboozled me to like marry someone that I actually wouldn't have chosen myself and which is you know let me just stop right there and say that's quite shallow and quite a a dramatic response considering I'm marrying a stranger and I trusted them (laughs) and I knew it was going to be a stranger like I don't know if I I think I expected Brad Pitt to be there and then I was like oh not Brad Pitt darn (laughs) yeah Uh, how was it watching it um how was it watching it back because by the time you watched it back with your husband you are happy now and in love right so to watch that back must have been a little uncomfortable to be like, Hey honey, like I say all these things. <laughs> Did you That's not watch it? Why Our marriage. Oh no, we watched it. We watched it together. And, uh, that's why our marriage is, is as mate. Like, this is why I'm married to him still today because we can absolutely watch it back. And he has never once, I'll tell you something right now, the way, the reason we're married today is because he has never once been insecure about my reaction. He has never once been like, Oh, you know, like taking it personally, he was like, I saw a scared woman walking down the aisle, someone who took this very seriously. And if she wasn't crying, then I would be a little like, she's got to be here for like the show. Like she can't be here for real reasons kind of. And that is exactly who my husband is. And so I feel like he are, he did, he got me before I even opened my mouth to talk to him. Like he under, and I'm like, how they did that. I don't know. I don't know how that happened, but he never lost confidence that he would win me over and mm-hmm. he never lost. And he was truly like, just, he, he told me right from the beginning that he only was reassured about us and like me as his wife based on my reaction. And I'm like, any other man would have been like, ow, I don't want yeah. this wife. <laughs> you know, like it's over. But he was not offended did not take it personally and forever just says, you know, he was happy that I had that reaction because, well, he didn't see the panic attack, but 
but um and and like of course tv makes it look very very dramatic but i i hid i was trying to hide anyways away from it all so i could just breathe for a minute because i was so overwhelmed so he really didn't see all of that anyways but he knew of course from just our reception and the when i walked down the aisle that i wasn't i wasn't feeling him and he yeah. never took that as anything personal which is I think the problem with a lot of relationships is that when I'm going, like when your partner is going through something, a lot of times it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. And people don't realize that and they take it personally and they get offended, which I'm like that person. And I'm like, Oh God, I should listen to what I preach. But, but like my Mm -hmm. husband's not like that. Like he doesn't take it personally. He's like, he can see that. Like I, he could see that I was like, kind of like, you know, my own hurt little soul, but like, it was going to be okay kind of thing. And here we are. What changed for you on your end as you got to know him more and obviously ended up happily married? Yeah. So, well, the first thing is that he was always just himself and coming off the bachelor. I was like, okay. And I, the first, very first night after our reception, I was like, just after the cameras left and after, you know, everyone was gone, I was like, you can just tell me what you're really here for, because I'm not here to like fall in love. I didn't say this, but I'm like thinking to myself, I'm not here to fall in love with you for you to just, you know, want to be on TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I just like, what are you really here for? Like, what are you really hoping for? And he was like, I really wanted to get married. He looked me, I remember this vividly because I was sitting at the head of the bed and he was sitting down at like the, the foot of the bed and he was like leaning back on his elbow and he looked up at me, looked me right in the eyes and he said, yeah, I'm really ready for like love and marriage and I'm hoping, you know, to give this a shot. And I was like, okay, now I know. Okay. All right. That's cool. And I just like tucked that in the back of my mind and just, you know, I wasn't kissing him or even touching him or, you know, anything. And then the next day, instead of trying to look all swanky, you know, he literally wore his lifeguarding sweatshirt and a pair of jeans. And I was like, oh, this guy's not trying to impress me. And that was like the most impressive thing ever. I was like, wow, he's, that's kind of hot, you know, like he's not like, I don't know. He was just so himself. And that was so comfortable for me to be with someone that was so sure of himself and so secure in himself. He wasn't trying to impress me. And that was like the first thing where I was like, oh, wow. And then we go to the, the you know, to the courthouse in Manhattan to sign our marriage certificate. And I don't have a dad on my birth certificate. And so my, my mom tr- truly had no idea who my father was. And so they call me back to confirm that this is really my birth certificate, you know, I can imagine, I guess they have issues with that, but of course I wasn't thinking that. And I was just mortified that now he definitely knows. I mean, he obviously knew I didn't have a dad there, but it's not like we talked deeply about why I have no father there. And so now he knows that, you know, I don't have a father and that's like a lot. I've always felt very insecure about that. And, um, he just made like kind of a joke about it and was kind of sarcastic, which is very, my husband. And he just, no questions, like just was still very flirty and nice to me. And I was like, wow, this guy is like, what? Like, I don't know. Just, I wasn't expecting that. And so then the next day we, you know, hop on the flight to, to our honeymoon. And at that point, I mean, we had been talking nonstop and I was like, this guy is like something else. Like he's, I couldn't quite figure him out. And he was just really kind, so sure of himself. Like he's not my type necessarily. I, I don't even, I don't know. I didn't know that I had a type, but I guess I never really dated blondes and um, he's blonde and, um, but he was just so, I don't know. He's so, he, he just became incredibly hot. Like, and then I was like, oh, wait, what if, what if I start liking him and then he stops liking me? And yeah, it was just, but so yeah, by the honeymoon, which was like three days later, I was like really 
like my opinion like it was never him and as he knew that like it was always I guess me but it took me just to get to know him a second before I'm like you know willing to fall for him I guess it's so funny watching that season too like as you started finding him like more you're like he got really hot like I feel like he started being portrayed like hotter too and like yeah. he obviously was always a very attractive man but like the more you saw it like the, the viewers saw it that way too so it was yeah. interesting like, going on the journey with you specifically and kind of like you fall more in love with him and then we're like oh yeah he is cool yeah we like him yeah. so it has been so cool to watch you on this journey because I remember on The Bachelor, you were always saying like you really wanted someone to like start a family with, spend the holidays with because you were always about like that family element. And it's been so nice to follow you along and watch you actually get that. You have a beautiful family. Um, tell us about life today. Yeah, thank you so much. I have always wanted a family, you know, just coming from one that was kind of just all thrown apart. I was like, I'm going to build my own family one day. And just, you know, I don't have people like around for Christmas and Thanksgiving, like you don't realize how lonely it is when you don't have people around for those holidays. And so I would busy myself as a nurse and make, you know, extra money working the holidays. But I was like, one day, I hope that I have a family where I don't pick up every shift, you know, and I can actually be with my own. And so now I have my daughter and my son. And, um, and we're, we're actually going through the fertility process, because it has never been it has never been easy for me to have any children. And so um, not surprisingly, it's taken us a long time to try to get pregnant for another child, but I've always wanted like four to six kids because, you know, I feel like, well, I know that sounds like a lot to many people, but I have four siblings and they're literally like my only family. And so I want to build, you know, truly like a family. Like I want to have people around. And so in any case, we're trying to, you know, we're going, we're, the fertility doctor was like IVF. And I'm like, whoa, don't, isn't there something like we can do before we just jump to IVF? But we're going mm -hmm. through it and we're hoping to get pregnant soon with our, with another baby. So yeah, that's, that's really kind of where we're at. How is that process going? Honestly, it is far more stressful than I ever anticipated to be very honest. Um, and I'm not even in it. Like I can't imagine like the women who are going through fertility issues, like that are like knee deep in it. And I also have two children. So just the women who don't have children yet and who are knee deep in this, I can't, I don't know how they're like, I mean, they must have a really strong support system because man, I'm barely even in it. And I have two babies at home and it is so incredibly stressful and mm -hmm. just very emotional and time consuming. And um, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's been something which is, been which has also made it different difficult like I guess the kid having kids already because I'm not able to just I don't want to take away from my time with them and doing things that I can do with them since they're here in hopes to add another it's very complicated <laughs> um but um so in any case we're kind of you know we're not taking our time but we're not putting it off if you know what I'm saying yeah so maybe another child will come in the next year or so maybe I mean, I've been saying that since I've been saying that for a couple of years now. So okay. you know, we'll see. I'm not pregnant right now. And so um, I actually have a fertility appointment uh, in a couple of days to get like labs drawn and stuff just to see like if there's anything small I can do. Um, but I think that stress also plays a really big role in fertility issues. I mean, I know that. And so and I think that like, 
you know, diet and exercise that this stuff all matters. And I really haven't been in a state in life where I could just really focus on, you know, exercising and eating really healthy and not and like having a low stress lifestyle. Like we, my husband and I went, we went on like this road trip across America and back like with an RV Mm -hmm. trying to have a baby. And it's like, well, no wonder why you didn't conceive, you know? So I'm hoping that, and that could just be wishful thinking, I, I suppose. I hope it's not, but I'm hoping that maybe that was it. And that, you know, we just um, put an offer in on a house and like, so once we're settled and really consistent, maybe it'll happen naturally for us still. We'll see. <laughs> yes. Fingers crossed for you and, and best Thank of you. luck with that. Um, Thank you. Where can our, our listeners follow along with you guys? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. It's uh, at Jamie N. Otis. I like threw my middle initial in there. Jamie Nicole Otis says Jamie N. Otis. And um, and I'm at Jamie N. Otis on Twitter and everything else. But I pretty much only really use Instagram. And then we have a podcast as well. And we mm-hmm. just partnered with um, some lovely folks. And so we're going to be relaunching that soon. And that's called Hot Marriage with Parents. Ooh. So what is, what what do you do on the podcast? Oh. Yeah. So we talk a lot. So it's kind of, it's a very sarcastic title because we have far from a hot marriage and we are probably not the coolest parents if you ask my kids, <laughs> but, um, you know, but so we talk about like really, well, fertility and like hemorrhoids after pushing out a baby. Do either of you girls have babies? I do. Okay. Do you have hemorrhoids? I mean, this might be too so much for your podcast. Not, I mean, I <laughs> don't have freedom. hemorrhoids right now. Okay. Yeah. So I just like, you know, just about real stuff like that. Like just okay. whatever happens in our life. Literally we have, it's not, I love like these podcasts that are very structured and you know exactly what you're going to get. I feel like with hot marriage, cool parents, it's literally just like marriage and parenting. It's messy. You never know what you're going to get. It's just whatever's happening in real life. We, you know, so I would podcast literally on my bed <laughs> and, uh, you know, with when at like a day after I had my son, we did take a break from it because I was so overworked and so stressed. And so we're just starting to like repackage it and relaunch it soon here. Oh, hey. I can't wait. I want to listen when you, when you come back, are there older episodes to listen? There's older okay. episodes. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can listen to the other episodes. And we're also on, um, we're relaunching YouTube. So we took this four month road trip in the RV with a one-year-old and a three-year-old and sure. it was, quite interesting. And we did this to like, kind of like grow closer as a family. And I think that we kind of did, but we just added a whole heap of stress while we were at it. And so we've documented the whole entire journey and we'll be releasing that on our YouTube page, which is called hanging with the Hainers. Um, we'll be releasing that next month starting, starting. And that's, you guys need to spin off. Yeah. Well, we are so, okay. Well that too. So we are on married at first sight couples cam or couples couch. I'm sorry. There's so many different shows that of these spinoffs that we're on. So we're on married at first sight couples couch, which is on lifetime. And we're also on, um, the upcoming married at first sight decision day dish. So there's a few things happening, I decision guess. Decision day dish. <laughs> decision day dish. Wait, are you so, so are you still dishing about your decision, like your decision to get married? Is that so what no, it is? This- no. So it's like the new season. There's now, I think 16, oddly, I was on season 16 of the bachelor. And I think there, oh, this yeah. is the 16th season of married at first sight. And we just went back to studio to talk about like, um, the decision day, like, you know, like how you feel and things like that. So it's just kind of like a, a one-off episode of other, like myself and another couple that stayed together. And then a couple of people who are divorced and just kind of recapping what it was like for us. And then what we hope for these new couples and that type of mm. thing. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Lots of ways to keep up with the Hainers. 
we'll yeah, talk, we'll be keeping I, I, up I, with you guys. Yeah, hey, come hang with us. <laughs> Will do. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on. She's all batch. It's been so nice to talk to you guys. Um, go give Jamie a follow, check out everything she has to offer, and we will be in touch when this goes live. Perfect. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Bye. Guys. And that's our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe, you rate five stars, you do all the things because you never know. Because <laughs> you never know what. What, what is going to happen if they don't write? I don't know. And you rate never, five stars. That's you never know. So you just want to do it because you never know. That's so true. In life, you <laughs> just don't know. And you don't want the end of the world to come and be like, oh my God, I was going to write a review and rate five stars on She's All Batch, but the world's ending today and I forgot. Now I don't and get now to. I don't, yeah. So maybe just do it while you're ahead, while there's no imminent danger you just might as well get that <laughs> over with um and check out the tickets to fots fest this is the last call literally get them or get lost like next week when the episode comes out that will be the day of fots fest mm-hmm. so don't leave it to the last minute literally last day that's too risky honestly guys i do think it's gonna sell out so if you wait till the last day like you can't come sorry so get them today Yeah, and if you're looking for something to entertain you while The Bachelor is not on air, check out patreon.com slash she's all batch. Our newest episode is with Brian Jolet from The Hills. He exposes all the tea about The Hills. Like, holy shit, it was, we know it was fake, but hearing firsthand, like, literal scenes that were completely manipulated, it's just wild. Sheds light on, like, how Lauren Conrad was off screen and lots of stuff. Heidi, Spencer, Lots of good stuff in that episode. And also, isn't he's he talks about he's um best friends with Brian, Rachel Lindsay's uh husband. Yeah, and went so and went random. to their engagement party. And I was like, weird that we have like our first non-bachelor guest has a bachelor tie-in. Totally. And he watches the show too. So at the end there, we do get into a little bit of Zach's season and some bachelor speak. So there's something for everyone in that episode. There is something for everyone. And you know what? There's something for everyone in, in our Facebook group, because that's where all the thoughts come together and really join hands as one unit and just we sing kumbaya Kumbaya. together yeah yes so go check that out if you're looking for more of a she's all batch community special thanks to our sponsors if you want to connect with your significant other you can go to paired.com slash she's all batch and get a seven day free trial so literally nothing to lose and 25 percent off if you sign up for a subscription if you want to sleep on the softest silkiest butteriest sheets alive you're gonna go to attitude.com slash she's all batch that will get you 25 dollars off your purchase and you will you will thank me later. Yes. And for a tasty mix of love and drama, download Love and Pies for free today. And don't forget their Lake Pass event available now through May 7th. That's Love and Pies free to download in the App Store or on Google Play. And lastly, if you are looking for something to wear, not just to Fots Fest, but like to the grocery store, to Target, if you're just looking for comfy, cozy loungewear and you want something that represents your favorite podcast, Check out our merch shop. We have a lot mm-hmm. of great things in there. And our newest item is our Literally Why sweatshirt that yeah, we love. Literally Why. Literally Why. There's so many reasons why you need it. So go to our merch shop. That will be linked in the episode description. And is that it? I think that is about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, goodbye, bitches.